Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles today and you'd like to, to turn with me, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. It's a familiar chapter to many of us in the Bible and one that we often turn to. We refer to it as, as the Hall of Fame of Faith. Uh, it is a, a place filled with people of faith. And the lesson I want us to learn from them today is, is that our, our faith calls us to action. Our faith calls us to action. As we begin to read through Hebrews chapter 11, it is full of action. Think about Abel made an offering. Noah built. Abraham went out. You get the picture. All action. Every time the word faith is used in, in the uh, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, it is only used as uh, a verb. And this is why the people in this chapter became so well known and are set before us as examples is that their faith was demonstrated by their action. Their faith motivated and encouraged them to do something about the belief that they had in their hearts. Let's listen to how that chapter begins. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is important for us. I forgot. Are we going to dismiss children today? No, they're good. Okay, all right. I just happened to look over and see all those kids and think, oh, wait a minute. I didn't, didn't dismiss kids. All right. So, but, but we, we see this and understand when, when the author of Hebrews is writing, uh, these, these people that he's writing about, the lives that he's talking about, are people from the Old Testament Scripture. So understanding when we read these words about faith is and what, how it is defined is understanding these people never saw the promised Messiah. These people never witnessed the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so when we read those words and it talks about what faith really is to them, it is the assurance of things hoped for. They were hoping for the coming Messiah, but they never saw Him. They were assured of His coming, but they never saw Him. And the, it is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. They never saw Jesus. They never saw the coming of the Messiah uh, or, or the death, burial, and resurrection. Yet, they lived in faith. Yet, they demonstrated their faith by the actions of their life. And so we pick up then, beginning in verse 2, and it says, for by it, for by it the men of old gained approval. By what? By their faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God, so that what is seen was made out of things which are, 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 which are visible. By faith, and then it begins to list. Abel did, Abel, and so it lists all of these people. And it talks about their faith. When we get down to the end of the chapter, we're going to come back to this in, in a little bit as we get to the end of our message today. When we get down to the end of the chapter, I think it's interesting, there are two lists of people. And in these two lists of people, the author writes, and, and he's talking about their great faith. And he's talking about how that faith was carried out in their life. And one list 
he talks about all that they accomplished by faith. The other list, he talks about all that they endured by faith. Two really different lists, and we're going to look at that in more detail in just a little bit as we reach the end. But, but the idea is that faith is lived out in our actions of our life. It's not just something that we say, not just something that we feel or, or that we think, but faith leads us to action along our spiritual journey. And so there are a few things that I want us to learn about these individuals today in relationship to our own faith. The first is this, like Abraham, will we obey what God commands? If we go back and, and look at Abraham and the passage here and how it defines him, it says, by faith, Abel offered up to God a better sacrifice than Cain. So there's an action that we see taking place through which he obtained the testimony that was his righteousness. God testified about his gifts. And through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. And by faith, Enoch was taken up and talks about his calling. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Verse 6, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. Understand this. He was warned about something that, that man had never seen. Man had never experienced. Man had no comprehension or understanding of. Yet when God warned him, Abraham to, uh, Noah took that to heart. And he began by faith to build a boat. Never needed a boat before. Never needed a boat of that size before. Never needed that type of deliverance or salvation before. Had not ever been seen or experienced by man. But yet Noah says, God, if that's what you're directing me to do, I will obey your command. Okay? May not make sense. May not seem reasonable. But if that's what you're commanding, that's what I'll do. We go on with that. And by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance... And he went out, not knowing where he was going. God said, hey, Noah, listen, there's going to be a great flood. Noah says, a what? A flood. You know, the earth is going to fill up with water. Noah's like, it's never happened before. Never seen that. That's not something we've ever experienced before. God says, hey, Noah, I want you to build a boat. And Noah said, okay. He says to, 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 Mo, uh, to Abraham, Abraham, I've got a land prepared for you. That is going to be your inheritance. And he said, I want you to pack up everything that you have and, and everything that you know. And I want you to, to go on a journey. And he didn't say, hey, here's the GPS coordinates. And, uh, and here's where you're going to end up. He just said, I want you to go. And Abraham packed up everything he had. And he said, God, I've never done this before. It doesn't make sense. I don't have any idea where I'm going. But if that's what you say, I'm going to go. I'm going to obey you. And so he went. And I think about it, oftentimes we hear people say things like this, well, I believe in God and I believe the Bible, I love the Lord, but there are just some things I don't agree with. Ever heard somebody say that? There are just some things in there that don't make sense to me. There are some things in there that I think were, were for those people back then, but they're not for us today. And, and so what they want is they want God to think like they think, they want God to agree with them rather than being willing to agree with God. 
And so here are Noah and here are Abraham. And they are being instructed to do something that man has never seen or experienced before, that they've never been asked to do before. And they didn't say, hey, wait a minute, God, I love you and, and all of this, but I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with the idea of building a boat to, to carry all of my family and all of these animals and all of this, and everybody else is going to perish. I, I just, I don't agree with that because the world's never flooded before. Why do you think it's going to flood now? Abraham didn't say, hey God, listen, I, I agree with you and everything, but tell you what, I'm going to pack everything up and get ready to go, but, but here's what I don't agree with. I don't have any idea where I'm going. Could you tell me where I'm going first? I mean, I, after all, I may not like where you're sending me. It may not be a place I want to go to or a place that I want to live and settle my family. So I don't really agree with that side of it. I agree with everything else, Lord, but not that. Could, could you give me some different directions? You see, He calls us to obey no matter what. He calls us to agree with Him, not to seek for Him to agree with us. He calls us to say, God, if that's the calling that You've put on my heart, if that's the direction that You're leading in my life, I will obey Your commands. I will go to Your Word and sometimes... They're hard to understand. Sometimes the commandments don't make complete sense to us because they don't fall in line with the world's way of thinking. But God, we're going to obey your command. We're going to follow you as an act of faith. We're going to trust you rather than the world. We're going to trust you rather than ourselves. And we're going to obey your commands and agree with you and follow your direction. Second thing I want us to see is this, that, that we like to, to live our life of faith like Jacob and Joseph, having an unwavering hope in the midst of darkness. We look at those two lives. He mentions them as we read on here in chapter 11. He, he talks about the events of their life, and we know if we go back that we can find some things in their life that there were some very dark times. We think about Jacob and Joseph and the things that they experienced. Uh, Joseph's fan, family abandoned him. Uh, they threw him into a pit and, uh, and took his, uh, his coat of many colors, covered it with animal's blood, took it home to their dad and said, Joseph is dead. He's no longer, right? And, and, and so he went through some very dark times. He was thrown into prison, falsely accused. All kinds of things happened in his life. Very dark times, but he never stopped obeying the Lord. He never stopped having faith in the Lord. He never stopped doing what God called him to do. And so, so can we have an unwavering hope in the midst of darkness and difficulty in our life? Can, can we stand with God and say, Lord, I'm going through a very hard time, a very difficult place, a very dark time in my life. But I still have hope in you. I still trust in you. I still believe in you. My faith is still in you. And Jacob and, and Joseph, they give us great examples of what it means to, to have hope in the darkest times in our life. Can we, as, as, as action items in our journey of faith, like the Israelites at the Red Sea, trust God to provide for us in impossible situations? Now, now I, I know that this is, uh, is a, a, a long 
uh, used passage. But I think it's so important that we visit it again. Leave your finger there in Hebrews. Go back with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Just some powerful, powerful thoughts about these lives and, and trusting that God will provide for impossible situations. Let's, let's listen to what he says here as we think about the nation of Israel. Because the writer of Hebrews chapter 11, these are great people of faith. Beginning in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 14. And as Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Okay, Doesn't sound like a lot of faith right there, does it? Sounds like their faith is pretty wavering. It is seemingly an impossible situation. And their trust is waning at this point. Verse 12, Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying to you, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the wilderness. Okay, So, we're setting the stage for an impossible situation. And so the Israelites had said to Moses, Moses, stop. Stop with all of these plagues. Stop with all of this begging for Pharaoh to let God's people go. We're okay where we are. Just leave us alone. It's better for us to stay here than to go out there and don't know what's ahead of us and die in the wilderness. But at Moses' leading and God's direction... The nation of Israel came out of the bondage of Egypt and they had been led by God in the wilderness. But they reached a point that seemed like an impossible situation. And when they reached that point, they began to cry out to the Lord and they began to complain against Moses. And they were letting them know that their faith was not where it needed to be. But that changes. There's good news that our faith can grow and change and, and mature, sometimes very quickly, sometimes over a period of time. So let's pick up in verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Moses says, hang on just a minute. Why are you afraid? What is it that you're worried about? Do you not trust the Lord? That He will provide for you no matter how difficult or impossible the situation may seem. He says, the salvation that He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today. Now remember, the army is bearing down on them. They're, they're the chariots and the horsemen. and, and They're coming after them and they see them across the distance. And they're bearing down on them. And He says, these Egyptians that you have seen today. Uh, he says... Uh, let me back up. Uh, whoops, I've lost my verse. There we are. Uh, he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. That's a pretty bold statement. That's a statement of faith of somebody who's trusting in God to provide in an impossible situation. 
It seemed like there's no way out of where we are. Okay? And these people are crying out. And Moses says, hey, hey, wait a minute. Don't you believe that God can do the impossible in the impossible situation? In fact, you see all these Egyptians back here, all these soldiers and these chariots and these horsemen and everything. He says, these Egyptians that you see today, he says, you're never going to see them again forever. Never, never, never. Never going to see them again is what he promised them. The Lord, listen to this, this is so important for you and I. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. He said, stop your complaining, stop your whining, stop your belly aching, stop, oh, oh, wish we were back in Egypt and, you know, all that. He said, stop it. Just be quiet. And he said, the Lord will fight for you. He will deliver you out of this impossible situation and He will fight for you if you'll just stop. Be quiet and trust Him. Put your faith in Him and He will fight the fight for you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel, listen to this, go forward. Go forward. Aaron talked about earlier today, push out just a little bit. Just a, a little bit. T- take a little bit of distance and push out in some faith, right? And then he tells the whole story. And, and Peter says, Lord, we fished all night. And we ain't caught a thing. Well, catching fish is a night thing in that day and time. It's not a day thing. And now it's day. And, and we're not going to catch anything all night. We're not going to catch anything today. But at your bidding, we will let down the nets. And the catch was so great they couldn't even handle it, Right? Trusting in the Lord. Having faith in Him in an impossible situation. And God said to Moses, Moses, tell these people to stop whining and complaining. And tell them to move forward. Where are we going to go? There's a sea in front of us. There are mountains beside us. And there is an Egyptian army pursuing us. Where are we going to go? God says, Tell them just to move forward. Take a step of faith and believe and trust in me that I will provide in the midst of an impossible situation. You know the story. Moses lifted his rod and the sea parted. And God's people crossed over on dry ground. Every one of them passed through the sea. And the scripture says that God held the sea as a wall on their right and on their left. On each side of them, there was a wall of water, but the ground beneath them was dry. And when they took a step forward, God provided. When they followed in faith, God provided. When they did what He instructed them to do, God provided. It was a seemingly impossible situation. And yet, God provided. And they move forward, and they pass through the sea on dry ground. And the Egyptian army arrived at the edge of the sea, and seeing God's people pass through the sea as though it were dry ground, they said, going after them. And they began to pursue them, and the Scripture tells us that, that God... And here's the interesting thing. Oftentimes we talk about them getting drowned. We, we, we miss an important thing. It says that their chariots and their horses... And, and the things that were carrying them forward, they began to be confused. 
So, so it's like I'm driving this chariot and all of a sudden the wheel starts to wobble and I don't have any control. I'm driving this horse and this horse starts to, to buck and act crazy and, and, you know, act, act up. And, and so God began to fight the fight. And they even recognized it and they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Their God is fighting for them. That's exactly what he said he would do, didn't he? He said, hey, listen, if you just be quiet. You'll stop complaining if you have faith and trust in Him that, that He'll provide an impossible situation. God will fight for you. And God began to fight for them. And He began to confuse the Egyptians and, and their modes of transportation and, and their chariots and their horses. And, and they're in the midst of this water or, or in the midst of the sea and the walls of water. And everything begins to go haywire. And they recognize this is God. God is fighting us. It's not the, the Israelite children that are fighting God's fighting us. And then the scripture says that he let the water go and it consumed them. And all of their chariots and all of the horse and, and all of the soldiers and all of them drowned. Every one of them, every last one of them. Moses had just said, these Egyptians you see, you're never going to see them again ever. They're going to be consumed by God if you'll just have faith. And the faith led them to action. And the action was, Moses said, just move forward. Just take the first step. And he'll lead the next one and the next one and the next one. But you've got to take the first one. Just move forward. And when they did, God provided in an impossible situation. So let me ask you this morning. What is the mountain that is beside you? What is the sea that is before you? What is the enemy that is pursuing you? That puts you in an impossible situation that only God can deliver you from? Do you have enough faith to trust Him? To, to provide in your impossible situation? Do you have enough faith to take that first step forward? Believing that God will lead you through whatever it is that's ahead of you. Believing that God will deal with the enemy that is behind you. Believing that God will provide for every need of your life. We have to trust Him to provide for us in an impossible situation. Maybe you're there today. Maybe the situation that you're in in your life seems to you to be impossible. There is no way out. I don't see any way forward. Uh, the enemy is pursuing me. I don't see any way to the right or the left. Uh, the mountains have, have surrounded me. I, I don't know how to get out of this. That is the moment that we must surrender our hearts and place our faith in the Lord and trust that He will provide in impossible situations. God, I don't know any way out. The only thing I know is if I'm going to get out of this, it's going to take a miracle by you. And then just trust Him. And take that first step forward, whatever it is in your life. And trust Him for the next step and the next step. But it takes action. We can't sit passively by. Every, every time in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, it talks about these victories and what was accomplished every time it talks about action. It talks about taking an action, doing something 
in obedience to God and trusting Him to lead us and move us forward as we do so. Well, I told you about the end of the chapter. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. And we want to pick up at the end of this chapter and, and we want to learn some valuable, valuable lessons for us as we come to the close of that. So, uh, we want to drop down and uh, let's pick up, if, if you will, with me in verse 27. We're going to pick up in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. So, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he, endure, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. This is the section we're talking about. As though they were passing through dry land. And the Egyptians, when they had uh, attempted it, uh, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more, now listen to this. This is the two lists that I'm talking about. This is such a powerful thing for us to understand today. And what more shall I say? For time fails me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith, now listen to what these people did. Here's list one. This is their life of action, and this is what they accomplished by faith. Listen to this. Who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions. We know the story he's talking about. Quench the power of fire. We know the story he's talking about. Escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Wow. Wouldn't you like to be a part of that list? Wouldn't you like when we read down there about Barak and Jephthah and Samson, if they said your name? Your name was listed in there. And then he says, hey, listen, by faith, listen to what these people did. They, they conquered kingdoms. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire. They set to flight the, the enemy uh, war and the, and the enemy battles. Uh, they, all of these things, we're going, yeah, 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 by faith. That's what I want in my life. I want power. I want victory. I want to conquer. I want to overcome. Now notice, he goes to another list of people. I want you to see the difference in these two lists. So we pick up and in verse 35, right after uh, receive back others, uh, the dead by resurrection. And others. Now notice this. The first list, he names them by name. Oh yeah, Samson and, and Jephthah and, and, and all, Gideon and man, all of these people. And now he comes to the second list and he just says, and there were others. <laughs> we don't even name their names. Just some other people. But let's talk about these others. Others, they were tortured. Not accepting their release. In order they might, might obtain a better resurrection. In other words, they, they didn't allow them to set them free because they stood. In other words, they said, hey, if you'll deny your faith and your belief and trust in God and you'll embrace our God, then we'll let you go. And they said, nope, not going to do it. I'm standing firm for my God. And he said they were tortured. 
And he, and he said they, they, were, they were devastated. Notice what he says. In order they might. And others. Here it is again. That, that were, and others experienced mockings, scourgings. Yes, all chains, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Men whom the world was not worthy, wandering in the deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And you and I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't want to be a part of that list. I don't want to be a part of the destitute. I don't want to be a part of those wandering around out in the wilderness and looking for holes in the ground to hide in. I don't want to be a part of those people who were, were mocked, who were stoned, who were put to death with the sword. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. I want to be a part of that first list. They conquered. They overcame. They set enemy, enemy armies to, to flight. They were victorious. That's the list I want to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of, of this other list. This is horrible. They were tortured and they were, were, were stoned and put to death. No, no, I don't want a part of that. Here's what I want you to understand. Both groups did what they did by faith. It was their faith that allowed them to endure the tortures. It was the faith that allowed them to stand in belief of their God when the the enemy said, if you'll just curse your God and embrace our God, we'll let you go free. And they said, no way. It's not ever going to happen. They were put to death. They were stoned. Put to death by the sword. They were tortured. But it was their faith that allowed them to stand firm and take action to demonstrate the power and the presence of God in their life. Just like the ones that were victorious, just like the ones that, that won battles and conquered kingdoms and all those other things, were uh, both areas were able to do, well, both lists were able to do what they were able to do because of their faith and their trust and belief in God. You see, our faith sometimes leads us to victory. Our faith sometimes leads us to torture and pain and anguish and difficulty. But no matter what, we have to keep the faith. No matter what, we have to remain faithful. We have to remain true. So listen to what he says. What, what is this faith that we're talking about? What, why were they able, no matter whether they were victorious or whether they were tortured, why were they able to remain faithful? Listen to what he says. And all these. Now, now he's talking about both lists, right? He's not talking about list one or list two. He's talking about all. And all of these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Remember, we started with this. They never saw Jesus. They never saw the Messiah. Never saw the death, burial, and resurrection. It didn't happen for them. But they still had faith. They still believed in God and the promise. And so he says, listen, they had faith, and it was by faith that they gained their approval, but they did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now, Understand this, because we're getting ready to move on to chapter 12 real quickly as we close. But understand this. When the Bible was originally written, there were no breaks. There were no verses. You know, this was just a writing. And it was a continuous writing. And so, just for a moment, if you would, imagine there's not a verse 40, chapter 11, verse 40, and there's not a chapter 12, verse 1. It's just one continuous thought. just continues to roll. So listen to what he says. Therefore... 
<laughs> you know what I always say. See the word therefore, ask yourself the question, what's it there for? Therefore refers back to everything he's just talked about in chapter 11. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, since we have all of these people who have gone before us and set an example for us, surrounding us, let us all also, let us also, notice he says now we're talking about us, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, the race of faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus was both tortured and put to death and victorious. All in the same. When he hung on the cross, he hung on the cross to put to death sin. When he was buried in the grave, he buried sin and death. And when he was resurrected to the glory to reign at the right hand of the Father, he was victorious in all of life. And he calls us to have a faith that motivates us to action. A faith that causes us to do something in obedience and trusting in the power and the presence of God. And so I want to encourage you to examine your life and ask yourself the question, where is my faith? Where is my faith? And what action has it called me to in my life? This morning we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And we invite you to make a decision. Maybe you've looked today and seen these examples of faith and go, you know what, my faith isn't near what it needs to be. I want it to be stronger. I want, I want to come and ask people to pray for me that I have a bread of faith. Maybe I've never accepted Christ. I've never named Him as Lord, Master, and Savior. Whatever decisions on your heart today, won't you come as we stand and we sing?